This episode of the OP Radio Podcast, sponsored by HempBombs.com, promo code OP Radio to get 30% off. Plenty of CBD products to choose from, but you got to check out the CBD Melatonin Sleep Aid. Oh, yeah. HempBombs.com, promo code OP Radio for 30% off. <laughs> Bless you. Apologized. And then, and then, you know, and I apologize. And then we had a good time. And I don't understand where this anger is coming from. But soon we will find out when we talk to my next guest, uh, uh, host or co-host of the Opie and Anthony podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean the, the co-host of the Opie and Anthony podcast? What's wrong with you stuttering, John? Well, um, I don't know. How would you say the host or the co-host? I don't know. I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm not with Anthony anymore. Just say the Opie Radio Podcast. How are you, my friend? Oh, good. I'm sorry about that. You know what it was? Oh, I was just talking about Anthony. So yeah. I was in that, you know, I I was just saying that I hope Greg could shed some light on why Anthony is so fucking angry and is so two-faced. And I'd like to hear your assessment of the situation. But before we get to that, okay. please let everybody know, yeah. how did even you and Anthony hook up? Uh, well, I was doing a, a radio show on Long Island at WBAB. And, um, you know, I was, I was looking to expand uh, my radio show. And, um, wow, why are we going all the way back to this, Stuttering John? I want to show that you kind of gave Anthony, like, your, his start. Uh, that's 100% true. I, uh, I mean, he doesn't want to hear this, but I basically discovered him through his band Rot Gut. When the whole OJ, yeah, so, when the whole OJ, so I, I'm trying to give you the story now, stuttering John. All right, all right, all right. Don't by, the, so angry. By, by the way, I'm in my Zen room. I was gonna, um, I was gonna do this outside, and I, I wanted you to hear the ocean because I'm at the at the beach, but it's really oh, windy nice. outside, so I had to come into my Zen room. I got candles and I got sandalwood uh, burning, some incense, and I got a uh, a local brew. I got uh, the Montauk uh, pumpkin ale. Cheers. Cheers, cool. my friend. Yeah, well, like the, the whole reason that I wanted to get, because I just want to just paint the picture of, you know, that you kind of like took him in. Right. And now he just nonstop trashes you, and I don't understand it. Yeah, that, that is uh, the truth, and I, I honestly don't understand that as well. So I was doing a show at BAB. The whole O.J. Simpson trial was going down, and I was looking for song parodies about the, uh, the case. And his band, Rotgut, came up with Electric Shock OJ, or Gonna Electric Shock OJ. Played it on my radio show. Uh, the phones went nuts. People were like, oh, my God, that song is hilarious. Played it uh, over and over again. And then I finally inv- invited the band to, uh, to come in and perform the song. And me and Anthony had instant chemistry on the radio. And uh, I thought that day... I think I'm going to hook up with this guy and do some radio for the next 20 years. And you guys were very successful. I know as a fact that you irritated the crap out of Howard Stern. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> I, I mean, I got to tell you, OPC, it's so weird that that you and I are friends now because you have no idea. I, I would be in the studio. Right. And Howard would be bitching. Yeah. And, and saying, you know, I talked to Mel. 
this has got to stop. Yeah. You know, you've got to tell them to shut up. Yeah. And like, he fucking hated you guys. Yeah, because we were damn good and we were nipping at his goddamn heels. And if me and Anthony actually got along, uh, we probably would have uh, surpassed Howard Stern in the end. If you want to know the God's honest truth, Stuttering John, and I know that sounds cocky, but we were well on our way. I think I've told you this, but I'll tell you again. Yeah. When you guys were being considered to be guests on the Tonight Show, right? It was me because I was in the you know I was the writer that was in the briefings with Jay. Yeah. And they knew I was a radio guy. Right. And they said, "What do you think about having Opie and Anthony on?" I said, book them. Yeah. You know why? Because I knew you guys were huge in New York. I also knew that it would irritate the fuck out of how. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I remember meeting you and I'm, and I, I was in the makeup chair and I looked at you like we, we met for the first time and I, I couldn't believe that we were going to be on Jay Leno's show because of you. It, it was so confusing to me, you know, but obviously you left the Howard Stern show years uh, before we made our appearance on Jay Leno's show. And I, I'm very grateful for that because you gave us a, a great, great opportunity to be on that show, man. And keep in mind, Howard was trashing Jay all the time. Right. I don't know if you remember how Jay introduced you guys. He was like, <laughs> yes, I do. The number one show in New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is my memory of doing the Jay Leno show. Uh, we were in the green room, and Jay came in to say hi to us, and I'm shitting my pants. I, I never really liked uh, doing TV, so I was very comfortable in a radio station in front of a microphone, but when it came to TV, I always was just so uncomfortable for whatever reason. So I'm freaking out, to be honest with you, and Jay comes in, and I'm like, holy shit, that's Jay Leno is what I'm thinking. And then all he wanted to do was talk about Howard. He wanted inside stories about Howard Stern. He's trashing Howard Stern. And he's just sitting there all relaxed in his dumb blue shirt. And I'm looking at Jay Leno, and he's laughing at me and Anthony as we're telling these stories. And I look at Jay, and I go, don't you have a show to do? And he goes, ah, don't worry about that. Don't worry. Tell me another Howard Stern story. He, he couldn't get enough of it. And I, I and in a way head. and in a way it relaxed me I guess to to do the show, and I'll never forget I was on the side of the stage, and Jay was about to um, introduce us, and I remember Anthony in a moment looked at me and he said something like "Don't forget this moment." He knew it was a big fucking deal, and then we uh, you know and then we were uh, introduced and we went out there and I think we crushed it. But I had a giant shirt on. If you if you look at the the videotape of my appearance on Jay Leno. So I, I was counting on Keith, you know, Keith the cop. Yeah. So his wife was in the uh, the fashion industry, and I wanted, like, an outfit for Jay Leno. And so uh, uh, Keith said, you know, don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. And my clothes were arriving that day, and they arrived maybe a couple hours before I went to the studio. Long story short, they got my sizes wrong, so I'm wearing, like, a XXL shirt and giant pants. And I'm like, this is what I'm wearing for this big debut on Jay Leno's show. Now, I'm going to tell you, Mike, because this is what happened. Yeah. I I listened to your rant on Anthony. To leave me in the way, fuck alone, that one? Like, we made yeah. millions of dollars uh, together, yeah. and I know we don't get along, but leave me the fuck alone, that one? Yes. Okay. Now, I have to be honest. Like, the first thing that I thought was like, why does Opie even care? I mean, just like, just fucking ignore him, because that's what I usually do. Right. But then my second thought is, what's fucking wrong with this guy? Can I bore you and tell you a little bit about my... Yeah, of course. Uh, but let me let me just jump in for a second. I do avoid it. Uh, there are 99 pitches that I let go. 
And then every once in a while, I get dragged in. But for the most part, you know, I try to uh, think about the Opie and Anthony show fondly. Uh, it is absolutely over. I haven't seen Anthony in six and a half years. And I just kind of want to move on with my life. And when I bring up the Opie and Anthony show, like the Jay Leno story, I try to remember it, you know, fondly. Uh, but, you know, he just will not leave me the fuck alone. And every once in a while, I, I, take, my, I take my shot, I guess. So I, I, no, need I, to say, I need to say that because I'm not, you know, I've moved on with my life and my career. And I, I, uh, I, I really enjoy what I do now. I'm not as um, successful. I don't make as much money. But I got to tell you, Stuttering John, I have so much fun uh, these days. And I, I just want to continue doing my thing with my little audience. And that's it. But he fucking talks about me all the time and won't leave me the fuck alone and and it amazes me because he's doing it from a mansion we made millions of dollars uh uh with each other and he and he's still bitter for whatever fucking reason this is what i don't understand and it makes no sense to me but this and i'm gonna ask you what the fuck is wrong with this guy i did anthony's show we had a blast yeah i did it again i yeah. did it again had a blast then then we became friends i I played cards at his mansion. I I did a show at his house in his backyard. Then they had me do a show in his movie theater the same day. Two different shows because they love me as a guest. Yeah. King, Garrett, Ben, they all said I get the great reviews there and everything else. And Anthony and I were fine. Then he brings in Artie. Now, Artie was doing heroin, and Artie decides to trash me because that's what Artie does. And then Anthony starts to trash me. Yeah. And slowly Anthony starts becoming a dick to me. Yeah. So much so, Greg, because I know you have kids. Yeah. We're both from New York, right? Uh, yeah. Even the mob doesn't attack anybody's children. <laughs> right. Anthony starts posting pictures of my kids and, and trashing them. And my kids start getting it on social media yeah they've never asked to be a celebrity they they don't want any attention right but anthony because he doesn't have a fucking heart decides to beat up on minor children why do you think he trashed you so bad that's the interesting part of this whole thing because i i look me and anthony didn't get along but i i don't deserve any of the bullshit that he throws my way i can honestly say the hate i get in my life towards my career and what I do comes mostly, I would say, I would say 90% of it comes from the guy that I gave a huge break to. And then we got together and we were really good together with the great chemistry and made millions of fucking dollars. So you fast forward a whole bunch of years, I would say 90% of the hate I get comes from him and the people around him. And I simply don't understand that because there's no fucking way I did anything so bad to him that I deserve this, including this uh, stuttering, John. The Howard Stern people barely fucking take shots at me at this point. Barely. And we went after Howard hard over the years. So what does he think you did that uh, you deserved all that abuse? Howard doesn't even take shots at you. You know, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it, 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 it seems like it's... Oh, I have no idea. Like, it, well, that's why oh, I, that's why I ask because that's that kind no, no, no. that's kind of uh that's kind of the theme here. You know, most people that get trashed by him, they honestly don't know why it's such an avalanche of hate and abuse. This is how, this is how weird it was. I did Anthony's show. Yeah, like I always did. Yeah, and then he came to my stand-up show. Yeah, and my brother sat right near him. Anthony was laughing the whole time. Tells me I did a great job. Goes back on the air and trashes me nonstop. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So then I'm like, I text Keith. I go, 
Why would Anthony do that? I don't understand. I, you know, I thought we were friends. I thought we were cool. Apparently, we were never friends because if this is how he treats his friends, I don't want to be his enemy. You know, so then he does all the shit with my kids, gets all his all his people to trash my kids and post pictures. And then I have to call a lawyer, get a cease and desist sent to him. And then I do his show like a year, maybe a year and a half ago. Everything's fine. Yeah. You know, he, yeah, he apologizes. Yeah. I apologize because we had a brief Twitter war. And then he's nonstop trashing me as well. I don't get it. Well, you're supposed to have a thick skin. I guess. I guess maybe it's uh, it's supposedly comedy or something. But it's it's the same fucking pattern that I went through. Uh, you know, Anthony got fired from SiriusXM for the racist shit, and then I I uh, you know I continued, and then uh, I started taking phone calls from him after not talking to him for two years. I was doing afternoon drive. I was with Carl Ruiz and who you met obviously, and Vic Henley and Sherrod. I had a really good radio show going having the yep. time of my life. And I added Anthony to the mix, basically saying, it's. I think it's time to you know start uh, talking to Anthony again. And we did a bunch of phone calls, and they went really well. The chemistry was there. There was a lot of laughs, a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know how many I did. I think maybe six to eight, something like that. And then uh, they started uh, talking about me, uh, you know, maybe joining Anthony over at his joint. And the time just simply wasn't right. And I was working with Carl and Sherrod and Vic and really were, was enjoying what I was doing. So I passed on the opportunity. And that's, that's why I guess they moved on to Artie, I, I guess. I think that's the timeline. And because I passed on that, he goes right back to hating on me. I'm like, what? I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't try to figure you out anymore. Uh, there was no reason at that point to start trashing me again. And it's terrible business because even though... I didn't want to, uh, you know, join up with him again on a full-time basis and go over to where he was. We still had something going on with these phone calls that could have led to something and it could have kept the Opie and Anthony brand together, which would be a very smart business move. But he chose to take the other avenue and to start trashing me again. I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm officially done. I, I, I can't figure this guy out. I can't figure him out. Well, let me ask something. Greg, because you know him a lot better than I. Oh, and should I call you Greg or Opie? I don't know which one. I hate both names, so, you know, I, that's why I signed in as uh, Lamb Chop. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> but um, could it be because, you know, I'm a liberal and he's a, you know, and he's a conservative that that he's angry with my politics? Um, I, that's probably has something to do with it. Maybe he secretly hated the fact that I wasn't rah rah conservative right guy. Uh, you know, then I'm I'm labeled as a libtard and a damn. You're a damn a snowflake. And uh, <laughs> the fact is, uh, you know, I'm I'm more of a moderate. I'm more of a guy that doesn't really believe in our current political system, but I love the fuck out of America. That's where I lie. Uh, when Biden becomes president, I'm not going to be jumping up and down and throwing a, a party. That's for sure. Uh, so maybe that has something to do with it. I know it wrecked the fucking radio show, to be completely honest with you. I, I saw a change in Anthony when Obama was running for the presidency. Before that, we used to take the piss out of everything in politics. And I honestly didn't even think he took it that seriously. And then when Obama was uh, running for the, the presidency... I saw a change in him, and then all of a sudden these rants got longer and longer, and the jokes were uh, few and uh, far between. And, you know, uh, Anthony is easily one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my entire life, and the jokes went away, and then it was turning into uh, uh, a right-wing uh, right wing talk right in front of my eyes. I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. We, 
we certainly took on tough topics and, and gave our opinions, absolutely, but we were always very close to getting back to being stupid and silly and, and funny, hopefully. And these rants got longer and longer about blacks and, and guns and they, they ain't taking my guns. And it was just like I started just sitting around the studio and, and I would just I would just tap out for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour at a time. I knew every uh, every day the first hour of the radio show would just be Anthony just ranting and raving about blacks and racist issues and they ain't taking my guns and all this. And I'm like, what what happened, man? What, where where did the show go? And I, and yeah. I, and to be honest, you know, I'm sure I, I got enough blame in there as well. Yes, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not sitting here uh, being the, uh, one of these guys that is going to just blame everything on him as far as the um, as far as the show kind of uh, falling apart. But that had a big big uh, part in it for sure when when he really decided to go down that political um, uh, lane. What I'm asking is that why he's fucking beating up on me because he doesn't like my politics, dude. I I, I stopped figuring him out so long ago. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know what makes him tick. I really don't. I wish him the best. I you know it's hard sometimes to wish him the best, but I really do. Uh, we had a great great fucking run. Um, but I I I couldn't tell I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I know he's just simply not a happy person. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people are saying that you would play Candy Crush while Anthony would go up on racist rants. Yeah, well, I didn't want to like. I don't know if I've ever admitted this, but some of the stuff he was saying was so outrageous. He brought eugenics to our show and other things, and oh I, boy! And I sat there and I was thinking to myself, I don't, I don't want to be on tape as he's ranting about this stuff because I'm connected to Anthony no matter what, you know. So yeah. I started playing Candy Crush. I started uh, doing Sudoku puzzles that became pretty popular. People wanted my Sudoku puzzles if I autographed them. Yeah, I would I would just tap out. I'm like, this is I, – I felt like – I felt so trapped because at that point we still had a big show. But as the years went on, the audience definitely was, uh, you know, moving on to other things. And by the end of our We're run – uh, by the end of our run, we certainly weren't talking to the – same amount of people. And I'm sure he, he he could come up with why, you know, I fucked up the show and all that. Uh, I, well, I, I understand that. But this is my point of view that uh, I, I don't know if I've ever told in this much detail before. Did you ever hear Anthony use the N-word? Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I guess. <laughs> what 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 do you what is this sixty minutes? Stutter, John? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I knew you were going to say something like that. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> You're just giving him more fodder to go after you. Oh, I don't really care if he goes. It, it, honestly, dude, you know he's not in my universe. Like I don't really care that much. I don't even care like that much. It's just that like I'll get people saying, "Oh, Anthony's trashing you again," and I'll be like. Why? What the hell did I do this time? Yeah, I, I get that all the time, and I, you know, I blocked him on uh, social media. I got a, I got a person that's well in the know that basically told me that he he starts uh, Twitter troll accounts to attack me on a regular basis. I'm like, and that's why the uh, the recent rant. I'm like, just leave me the fuck alone. Leave me the. <laughs> do you need the world to know that you you were the greatest radio personality of all time? Fine. Will that will will that make you leave me the fuck alone? You were better than Howard Stern. There you go. I'm admitting it. Leave me the fuck alone. But Holy that's the, uh, fuck. 
but that's the other that's the other thing, Greg. It's not you that's the bitter one. It seems like he's the bitter one. Um, I was I was definitely bitter. Um, I was miserable uh, doing that radio show for a long time, and uh, you know, no, I mean now. Yeah, no, I understand, but I'm 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 taking a little responsibility here as well. I was I was miserable. It wasn't the show that I envisioned when I put it together so many uh, years uh, prior. Uh, by the end, I uh, I knew I was around people that didn't really a- appreciate me and uh, were you know angry towards me. Um, I I knew that I was funny on that radio show. It was really hard to get a reaction out of Jim Norton or Anthony. Uh, they teamed up. It's never good if you if you got uh, a show with three guys because two are always gonna like team up you know against the other guy. And I was the odd man out. Let's be honest, you know. So for many years, I was very fucking bitter. And and when I found Carl Ruiz and Sherrod and Vic, and that's so sad between Carl and Vic. I it, mean, it's insane. Both of them are no longer with us, which is just insane because they really, they really uh you know picked me up off the fucking ground. You know, I was in a bad place. And they appreciated me. They laughed at my shit. They respected me. And I'm like, yeah, this is how it is. It's it's radio. It's it's uh, it shouldn't be so fucking hard, you know. But no. But but for years, I was a I was a bitter, angry guy on that radio show because I knew, you know, I knew uh, I knew that uh, it wasn't my place anymore. And I, I literally tried to quit a, a bunch of times. And Mel Carmazin wouldn't let me fucking quit. Famously, he told me, if you leave, there's no fucking show. And I'm like, wow. And that was over an Anthony incident where he trashed my brother's restaurant on Twitter because he wasn't getting like a VIP service at my brother's restaurant when the guy that was not treating him as, as well as maybe Anthony felt like he should have been treated didn't even know uh, me or Anthony. He just worked at the fucking restaurant. And Anthony's live tweeting his experience at my brother's restaurant. That means the world to him. You know, if, if my brother's restaurant goes belly up, he's in fucking trouble. If, if I lose a radio show, I'm not in trouble. There's, there's a huge difference there. And uh, so um, that Monday, I come into the radio show knowing that he trashed my brother and, and his restaurant and, and me, I guess, technically on Twitter. I was like, fuck this guy. So I wouldn't fucking talk to him. This story's famous, by the way. So I wouldn't talk to him. And I'm like, I can't believe I got to do another fucking radio show where we hate each other's guts and we're not going to look at each other. I, I had a million of those on the Opie and Anthony show. And it was That's- just it was just another one of those shows that was about to go down. And all of a sudden, my phone goes off. And I get a text message. And I look down and it says, uh, the little cunt won't look at me. And I look and I'm like... This guy's so fucking hungover. He doesn't realize that he just sent me a text that he was sending to Jimmy, which uh, I was suspicious of over the years that they would text uh, back and forth during the fucking radio show about me. I mean, it was insane what was going on. Those two should have just went off and did a radio show together. You know, a lot of people said I was yeah, in. What? A lot of people said I was in the way. And the funny thing is, at any moment, they could have probably you know uh, left and did a radio show together. And and uh, they never did that, but they. But but they would trash me. So this this text comes in and I look at Anthony like, what the fuck, dude? You know, like I have every right to be pissed because he over the weekend he trashed my brother's restaurant. He fucking throws Jimmy under the bus like, no, no, I'm talking about Jimmy, not you. And it was so obvious he was just trying to cover his ass. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. And then we had a huge uh, yelling, uh, just a yelling uh, fit. Back and forth, blah, blah, fuck you, and you do, do, do. and then we were just talking about all the shit that bothered us, and I walked out, and that was going to be it for me, man. I was like, fuck this. I don't need this shit, you know, 
And I, uh, I was uh, MIA for days, and everybody at Sirius is calling, like, what the fuck? Where are you? We got to handle this. We got to take care of this. And I'm like, I ain't coming back. I, I have no desire to do this. And then um, famously, Mel Karmazin called me, and you remember how scary Mel is. And he goes, get your fucking ass in here tomorrow, and we're going to fucking talk about this. And I'm like, holy shit. And, and, you know, he was one guy that always intimidated me. So I came in. And he laid it down. He's like, if you're telling me you want to, you know, reinvent yourself, I want you to do it here at SiriusXM. But in the meantime, you know, I need you to continue with that show because without you, there's no fucking show. And uh, regrettably, I, I, uh, I, you know, I went back and, and did more time on that, on that radio show, show, even though I knew that uh, the end was near because the, the, the fact that we hated each other so much was so evident at that point. Um, I wish what I stu- I wish things? I stuck I wish I stuck to my guns and just never came back at that at that point. What did the text say? The little cunt won't look at me because I you know I, there were days Anthony would be in the studio. Now you now you got to remember this is a, this is a huge radio show, huge. They said we were the second uh, most popular show behind you know Howard, and we were bringing in stupid money, and Anthony would already be in his seat. I've never told this. And I would look in the window. I'm like, there's Anthony, you know, and we just simply don't get along. And he has his reasons. I want to I, I don't want this to be a one sided thing. He obviously had his reasons and he, he's expressed that over the years. I would take a deep breath out of the studio like, fuck, here we go. And I would huge breath, open the door and go to my seat and just go through the motions. Knowing that uh, we fucking basically hated each other's guts. I mean, I could tell you. I could honestly tell you uh, we were at Sirius from 2004 until he left in 2014, I think, something like that. Um, so in those 10 years, Anthony might have called me might have called me less than 10 times in 10 years. I mean, our relationship was Mike's on, let's get this done, good chemistry until there was no chemistry near the end the last few years. And then as soon as the mics went off, there was excuses why I don't need to look at you or talk to you and vice versa. And that's how it went for years. I fucking hated it. I'm fucking believable. I mean, you know, it's so weird because I, I bet you people that were listening didn't understand what the hell was going on. No, man, not at all. I mean, for the most part. And then, you know, the blow up started and then people started getting it and it an inkling excuse me uh but then like we had this uh pal talk room it was like uh it was like a chat room for the you know the the fans that, that anthony controlled I, I i was never on pal talk it was his thing and then some of those guys that used to be on pal talk on a regular basis you know they admitted to me uh years later that they that anthony was just fucking trashing me while he was doing a radio show with me i'm like what well, this is crazy but then again i probably should have left too you know but uh, but yeah. the guy would trash me as as we're doing that this amazing radio with this with, with this fucking chemistry. People have come to me over the years and, and they simply apologize to me. I'm like, wow, that's that's very nice of you. Thank you, I appreciate that. So, hey Greg, you know I do want to ask you a bit about Jim Norton, but hold on, I, I just gotta go get another beer. I'll leave my own show. You're a radio guy. Keep it going. All right. Well, I think I could do that. I might as well take this time to talk about hempbombs.com. They got a rewards program right now. If you go to hempbombs.com slash rewards. I love hempbombs.com, by the way. And if you use the promo code OP Radio, you get 30% off. 
They have all sorts of CBD products, but the one I really like is the CBD Melatonin Sleep Aid. You got to check that out at HempBombs.com. Promo code OPRadio for 30% off. They also introduced their subscription and rewards program. You could sign up for a subscription of your favorite product to be automatically ordered and delivered to your door monthly, and you could save 20%. You could also choose every two months or every three months and save 15% and 10% respectively. With the rewards program, you can earn points by buying products. You could follow them on social media, writing reviews, and much more. You could use the points for coupon redemptions and work your way towards gold status to earn even more rewards. Really simple. You earn 50 points just by signing up. If you want more info on this, hempbombs.com slash rewards. And don't forget, if you use the promo code OPRadio, you get 30% off at hempbombs.com. And right on cue, here's Stuttering John. Thanks for holding the fourth down. Now, By look. the way, I want to give you another inside scoop. So Go ahead. people don't realize that Artie Lang was doing my uh, solo radio show before Anthony. And he was really? coming. Oh, yeah, he was coming in a lot. And, and I got, uh, I think they're officially their DMs on Twitter where he was talking to me and trying to get us to do a, a, a full-time show together. But I knew at the time, and, and, th- and you could talk about this way more than me, where I'm thinking there's no fucking way that I want to enter into uh, another, uh, another situation with an addict. And, you know, Artie is fucking funny and quick and all that. But I was like, there's no way. But I said, look, you know, come in and do the show as much as you want. But I I don't see a path where we could actually do this on a a regular basis. Like a lot of people are asking, so I'm going to ask, what's the deal with you and Jim Norton? Are you talking? Are you not? I mean, I I think uh, I don't like Jim Norton at all. Um, I think he's. And an, why is that? I think I think he's an opportunist. I think uh, I think he uh, took advantage of the fact that me and Anthony weren't getting along. I think he started a, a you know uh, a friendship with Anthony to squeeze uh, to squeeze me out. I think he's very very toxic. I think he's very unhappy. Um, it was very. I I did not like doing radio with him for most of the time that show was together. He would fucking spit on the floor if his breakfast order wasn't right. He would get so fucking pissed if we had people on the show that he felt uh, did him wrong. He was quick and funny, and uh, you know he had a place on the radio show for the longest time. But then he just decided he needed more and more, and uh, that more and more meant uh, you know kind of pushing me out. And I get a lot of fucking hate because Anthony left and uh, and I stayed. And a lot of these fans, these hardcore fans, but it comes down to who do you like on the show. They never gave uh, Jim Norton the same shit that they threw at me. And Jimmy just sat back and allowed all that hate to come my way as he was collecting a paycheck and getting a giant raise because Anthony left. And, well, and, I, and, I, and that's unforgivable, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, I've known Jim for a long time. So, you know, he's a I mean, I consider him a friend. He's, he's, he's been nothing but. That's great to me. So, that's you know, fine. So I I, I, that's fine. I'm not. I, I'm not looking for anybody to to join my side. I'm just telling you how it is. Yeah. No. 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 I'm, well, you're telling me about your experience. So. Yeah. So. Uh, so when Anthony is trashing you, what is he trashing you about now? I swear to you, and people don't believe this, and that's okay. I could only tell the truth, and then it's up to you, Anthony. Um, started that uh that show of his when we were still on the radio it was very very obvious that he was moving in a direction that didn't include me but he ignores that when he talks about how 
I stayed at Sirius XM, but it, you know, the writing was on the wall. He was already doing shows from his uh, basement, from his house. Uh, he had state-of-the-art equipment. So since he started that whole thing, and then it, you know he he moved out of his uh, his house and got a studio in New York, I can honestly tell you that I might have watched him for two, maybe three hours. In uh, when did he start that? He got fired in uh, 2014. Uh, so let's say he started that around 2012. So in the last eight years, I probably have watched him two or three hours. And one of those hours being when he was picking his co-host, which I knew at the time was going to be Artie Lang. I watched that whole show. And then I watched a, uh, an hour where he, where he had a Thanksgiving special with, uh, Ron Bennington and Jim Norton and others. I watched that cause I was just sitting around and I was like, ah, what the fuck? I think it was free or something. So besides that, and a clip here and there every once in a while that comes on my radar radar that I check out, which is a few and far between, that's it. So to, to answer your question, I don't know what he trashes me about. Because I learned a long time ago not to search out that crap. You know, the, there were message boards that were, you know, old fans that turned into haters. I, th- why would I go on those sites and, and read horrible stuff about myself? Here's the oddest thing. I was booked on his show, I believe, this past March right. or April, but then COVID happened, so my gigs got canceled. Yeah. So I don't even understand, or it could have been June or July. But So what happened? So I was going to do your show in July, and then and now you're, and now you're trashing me in August. I don't, I, you know what? I, I don't get it. You know what I mean? No, like I said, I, I, you know, a long time ago, I stopped trying to figure him out, you know. It's tough to even it's tough to even uh, think about the good times at the Opie and Anthony show at this point. But, but here's the thing, Greg. I'm not even like like I'm a D-lister at best. Like, real shouldn't you be trashing like you know Tom Hanks or somebody? <laughs> I don't, I don't we've we we've all fallen from uh, from the top, my friend. Oh my god. <laughs> It's like really uh, right. You focus it on stuttering John. Oh my God, we have fallen. But I'm okay with that because I I, I worked on the rest of my my uh, I don't know my persona. I guess uh, when you just put so much weight on keeping a career going or keeping fame going, ah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough fall eventually because it, it absolutely goes away, you know. And I got. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm happy in many other ways besides radio. My whole life for the longest time just revolved around that goddamn radio show. You know, if you have children, it's not about you anymore. Right. It's about your kids. Yes. Everything's about your kids. Do you think why he's such a like angry freaking person? It's just because everything's about him. Uh, I mean, I know you're trying to get me to say you know stuff. I could only just speak uh, what I know. I I I honestly don't know. I I really don't know. What uh, what his problem is? I mean, uh, I know there's a lot of anger there. I you know, I I don't know. I, I don't have an answer to that. Uh, sadly, I I, I'm just I'm just trying to have like an open, honest interview. I don't. It doesn't matter. Oh, I know. Ask me whatever you want. I I I can't answer a question. I honestly don't know. I mean, the fact is, I don't think. As I look back on my uh, relationship with Anthony, I honestly at this point, it's hard to even imagine that we ever were friends. Um. We we got together at BAB in 94, I think. 95, we moved to Boston. There was a couple of years there where we absolutely were completely on the same page. We moved to New York, and uh, 
And fuck, man, it was, uh, you know, and then we literally stopped talking uh, almost immediately when we came to New York and uh, and had that incredible run with the radio show on New York radio, dude. We No one knew who the fuck we were. What we accomplished is simply amazing. I know it's amazing because yeah. I'm trying to do it again in a way, and it's it's not easy, man, you know? Um, yeah. And we just, uh, we honestly stopped talking pretty much by 1999, and he, you know, and the show broke up in 2014. So there's 15 years we barely spoke to each other if the mics weren't on. It's inc- it's incredible that we accomplished what we did. And in 2000, I tried to uh, quit as well. And uh, it's funny because I was definitely motivated by money then. And um, I guess having money now, it's easy to say this, but um, I wish I wasn't as motivated by money because in 2000, I knew. Uh, me and Anthony weren't talking and I knew we were in a bad place and I, I was trying to quit. And um, we were at NEW with huge ratings and they were about to syndicate us and we were about to get a multi-million dollar um, contract and be syndicated all over the fucking place. And I called my agent, Robert Eatman, God rest his soul. Another guy I lost in the last fucking three years, by the way. It's It's been a really weird run. Yeah. Um, and I go to I go to Robert. I go, uh, Bob, I called him Bob. I go, Bob, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. You know, I, I, it, I, we don't even fucking talk, you know? It's like, you guys are so good together, though. The company's so happy. Do you understand how much money you're about to leave on the table? And I'm here to tell you that I, I chose money over uh, happiness back in uh, 1999, 2000. And, uh, and then in my head, this is what's so fucked up. In my head, I'm like, how do I, how do I make this work? I, I mean, we don't even look at each other. This was we already weren't looking at each other in the, in the studio. So we were working with Jim, Jim Norton a little bit. He was just doing kind of um, phone calls and coming in here and there, like once a week or something like that. I don't remember the exact details. And uh, I suggested to to Bob, I'm like, I think I, I think I can make this work if if they hire uh, Jim Norton. <laughs> So you were the one who brings in Jim Norton. Right. That, that ends up pushing me out. Yes, exactly. But so, you know, I had to learn a lot about myself because, uh, you know, when you're motivated by money and ego, that's not a good thing, my friend. You know, I, it took me many years to finally understand that totally. But uh, that's the truth. I can only tell you the truth. So the only reason Jim Norton joined the show was because me and Anthony weren't getting along. And I was figuring I, – I remember that um, – when Jimmy came in, that Anthony would work off him because we both had our, our bits and stuff, you know what I mean? So I would work my bits off Jimmy or whatever or, or my commentary or what have you, and Anthony would do the same. So I'm thinking to myself, well, if, if Jimmy's in uh, the studio, that could kind of knock down the uncomfortableness in the, in the studio. And that was my logic at the time. And I, I guess I don't regret it because – as much as I really, truly don't like Jimmy at all, I mean, I, I got to give him credit where the credit's due. He came in, he, he crushed it. He was funny as fuck. He was a, a catalyst for the fan base. He brought in um, all the comedians. He was the one that opened yeah. the door for Patrice O'Neill and Bob Kelly and Rich Voss and Colin Quinn. And, the you know, the list goes on and on, you know. So I, I hate when you – when you're done with somebody, you only want to talk about, uh, you know, the, the shitty stuff, but uh, you know, I want to be, I want to be kind of balanced here. The fact is he brought a, uh, a lot to that radio show over the years. Sean hockey can at 25 and the 
chat said that Anthony said he was then my friend, which is also, you know, that's like an Artie line, even though Artie and I were friends and had dinner and yeah. lunch every day, you know, and, you know, and then Anthony, you know, invites me to his card games, yeah. you know, hang out, and, yeah. you know, and we have a blast, but he was never my get the fuck out of here right. you know like you don't invite some fucking asshole to your house just like fucking you, you know like it's such a bullshit thing I, I like it's so easy to say that well you were never my friend right well he, i mean he's doing some right he's got us talking about him so i don't i, I don't no, i i don't really i don't i don't really talk about him in general like i said every once in a while uh, you know, it'll get under my skin a little bit, and I'll I'll rant and rave, and then I'll move on with my fucking life, and not even think, of, I literally, not even think about it. You know, I don't talk about him at all. The only reason why I'm even doing this is because I watched your rant because my, you know, my guy told me that you know what was going on, and I'm like, wow, Anthony does the same to me. He just like trashes me out of nowhere, and I'm like, why? I, I, <laughs> I, I mean that's a that's a question for a psychologist. I don't know. I mean, just but <laughs> well, everyone's asking, is yeah, he unstable? I I don't. I'm. We stopped hanging out. I mean, like I said, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. We were um, barely talking to each other at that point. And socially, you know, every once in a while there was a dinner or something. Or um, I went to his house a couple times. I you know we I I guess we did kind of try to you know patch things up, but it just never really worked. We wouldn't talk for i don't know man a year or two and then finally got to a point where i would most likely i would call him he didn't really call me ever unless he had a major issue with me and then i finally would hear from him and then i would call and then we'd have it out on the phone or whatever and talk about our differences and next thing you know we're laughing like idiots and my wife's like god you guys are rid fucking ridiculous and i'd I would have some hope, like, you know, maybe it's turning around, and then uh, it would quickly go back to what it, what it was, really, like uh, two guys that <laughs> really didn't like each other but had incredible uh, chem- chemistry on the on the radio together. Yeah, and, that, and, and like, yeah, and I'll, uh, you know, I've said it before. I said, again, I don't, you know, I don't go out of my way to trash him. I don't, I don't go out of my way to talk about him. So it just, it's just weird that he's focused on, me and you, like, you know, on his shows. I don't know. It's fucking lunacy. Well, and you know he's watching this, which is really fucking... Of course he is. Fucking creepy and strange, man. I don't... Because I don't... People will send me links and stuff. I'm like, I, why would I do that to myself? I'm not clicking on any of this horse shit. You know what I mean? I I, I have no, I I have no desire. I don't ever watch a show, nor will I ever watch a show. Would I do a show again? Sure, because I don't really have a problem with him. I just don't understand why, like... I get tweets. Oh, Anthony's trashing you again. I'm going. What the fuck did I do? Yeah, I don't know. It. I mean, honestly, it's uh, it's quite sad. You know, the fact is, Anthony's really, really talented, really, really funny. Um, yeah, that's he how, is. No, that's how I knew him. I honestly have no idea what he does. I, I figure it's 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 heavy on politics. I would imagine because he was going down that road at the end of the Opie and Anthony show, but I couldn't tell you. Um, but just imagine, John. You know, I I already had a career, and it was it was going well, and I certainly was going to continue to to be successful. And I I uh, met Anthony, and we had that instant uh, chemistry, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, this is worth doing." And uh, I remember my dad. He's like, "Why are you making my 50, 50 partner? You've been in this business for so fucking long." With you know, he knew business, and I was like, "Because ah, I think it's worth it," you know. And um, and so we moved on, and we we had a hell of a time together, but. Just imagine that, 
look, it has to be said, talented, really fucking funny, could hang out with uh, you know all the top comics, and I, I really believe he could have been a great stand-up comic if he chose to do that. But imagine being me where when I met him, he was struggling, he didn't own a house, he was in a miserable marriage, his car was up on blocks in the front yard, he had to drive around the, the company van, um, making literally under $30,000 a year. And uh, I saw something in him and, and brought him into this fucking business. And we were great together. And he I obviously made me better. And, and I made more money because I was with him and vice versa. And then you fast forward and the guy is, I would imagine he, he's doing well like I am. I, I you know, I, I got plenty of money. I, I would assume he has uh, plenty of money as well. And now he trashes me on a regular basis. I want to, I want to call him and go, dude. I know where you came from. What the fuck's wrong with you? You don't have to like me, but Jesus Christ! No one else was going to give him a break at that point in his life. No one, and I'm telling you, because I know he was trying. Maybe eventually somebody else would have gave him a break, but I gave him a fucking huge break. And the fact is, I actually taught him how to do this, and that'll drive him nuts. But it is the truth, and he knows that. He knows damn well because he would be like, oh, why are we doing this? He would be all freaked out, and I, and I would explain to him uh, the intricacies of uh, doing a radio show. And, and and he's really good at it, you know? So, so but j- just imagine fast-forwarding, and now the, the guy that you absolutely gave a giant break to now will obsess about you and trash you on a regular basis. It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> no, I know it. Hey, why your obsession uh, with Trump? It's really fascinating to watch you. You, uh, I, I trash Trump because it's it's just fun. He 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 gives a lot of fodder that you could make fun of and and go with, but you really have hate for this guy. Um, I don't have actual hate for Trump because I I don't like I said earlier I don't really believe in our political system uh, these days. But I got to say I love fucking America and that's the truth. But you have such uh, disdain for him. Why? Well, besides being a corrupt buffoon, I mean, like, what? Where do you want me to start? You know, his ties to the uh, to two crime families, or should I start with his ties to Putin and the UAE and the Saudis? If you watch Dirty Money on Netflix, it'll explain everything for you. Yeah. Or, or should we go in in January? He knows how lethal the pandemic is, and then he says he doesn't want to tell anybody because he doesn't. Really, we all know he doesn't want the stock market to fucking go down. But, but he says he doesn't want people to panic. Right, you right. call that a fucking president? Yeah, I, I wish more people were in on his bullshit. You know, I, I I don't think he gives a fuck about you, me, or anybody else in America. He doesn't. I mean, I, if, it, I, if it benefits you in the end because of the moves he makes, well, that's great. That's great for you and everybody else out there. But to to actually think he gives a fuck about you or me or, or anyone in America, I, that's just complete horseshit. I mean, he's driven by, you know, ego. Greg, here's the difference, okay? I hung out with the man. I've had lunch with the man. I've had dinner with the man. You know, I've had plenty of phone calls with the man. You're exactly right. He doesn't care about anybody but Donald J. Trump. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. He doesn't even care about his own fucking kids. I guarantee you right now, if I ask Donald Trump, which I would, if I prank call him again. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) I guarantee that he would not be able to tell me his kids' birthdays. I mean, he's entertaining as all hell, but on the other side of it, I don't, I don't think um, I don't think Biden's much better. I think he, uh, 
I think he lowers the temperature in America. And it, and uh, the one thing from a Biden presidency I'm looking forward to is the fact that we w- we're not going to be talking about Joe Biden day after fucking day go. with our friends and family and the guy that at the deli and and wherever the wherever else you go during the day. I'm kind of looking forward to that, but I don't believe um I don't believe Biden's going to make my life any better. But more importantly, um people that uh count on a politician making their lives better. I don't I don't see Joe Biden moving oh. the needle much. Um, uh, these guys don't move the needle much in the end, you know. Um, I think it's going to be pretty much the same old, same old. I mean, he's a he's a career politician down there in Washington. He's had forty seven fucking years at this thing. Well, this is why. I mean, I you know I'll agree to uh, to disagree because I think Biden is a very honorable man, and and I think that yeah, you get you, know, you get all that. But I mean, I mean, is he going to figure out the you know the health care issue in America? Is he going to be able to figure out the tax thing? So, yeah. Is he going to figure out? Oh, you really believe all this? That finally we got a president that's going to do right by the people. My God. Really? I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Oh. No, I, I'm not. I'm not trashing you. There's certainly millions of people, obviously. Look at all the people that voted uh, that really do believe. I just don't believe. I never I never counted on a, uh, a president or um, – or a political party, or politics in general, to make my life uh, to make my life better. When you oh, when, when you're hoping and counting on these people, they will let you down every single fucking time, because the system is set up to to the point where they can't make sweeping changes anymore, like they used to in the past. Well, the problem is is that when you have a Democratic president and and what it looks like, although it could change, uh, a Republican Senate, it's very hard to get anything done. Right, you know. You know, it's political gridlock. No, I understand that. You know, and it happened to Obama as well. I have to uh, say, I love Carl. Oh. I mean, I knew him, and I did your show, and he was on it. And it was so weird because I hung out with Carl at, at Guy Fieri's, uh Yeah. All of his birthday parties. Yeah. And his death was such a shocker, and it, it, I mean... Well, it wasn't a shocker for the people around him. I mean... I would have conversations with Carl because we would walk around New York City. Uh, I'm not speaking out of turn because we actually talked about this um, certainly on the podcast and the radio show. But he would stop, man. He would. He would. He was getting heart issues while we walked around New York City, and I would look like you're only like at the time he was like 40, 41, and I and I would give my little speech about his uh, lifestyle. And most people that would try to you know have a conversation with him, he would get really, really mad. And I go, look, at, at this point, I was one of his best friends. I go, you got to give me two minutes. I would give him two minutes on it. And then I would go, all right, that's it. Thank you for the two minutes. Let's move on and, and go about our day and podcast and have a good fucking time. But he was he was rocking it hard, my brother. No, no, I'm sorry. Did he die of a heart attack, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he had heart issues? Um, Yes. He would literally stop. And I go, what the fuck? He goes, oh, just having some chest pains. I'm like, Jesus, dude, what are you going to fucking do something oh, about this? I did not know that. Uh, most people do. And his and his brother was, you know, a, a heart guy. He's a doctor. I'm not speaking out of turn because a lot of this has been said. But I uh, I don't know. I mean, literally, I, I could I could break down and start crying because, you know, Carl did a lot for, for me and my family. Um, you know, I, I went through a tough run at the end of that fucking Opie and Anthony show and, uh, he came around and he fucking made it fun again. He, uh, 
he made sure I knew and that others knew that I was funny and entertaining and uh, a good person to be around. And uh, what the hell was that? Was that your stomach or a fucking car going by? No, that was a car going by. But, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, I was in a, I, I was not a happy, you know, I really wasn't a happy person. And, you know, Carl came into my life at a perfect time, him and Vic Henley. And, uh, and uh, I will never forget those guys. I will, I will talk about those guys until the, the day I die. Those guys uh, both were fucking amazing, amazing people. Very talented and amazing friends. And, well, awesome. and the funny thing is with Vic Henley, I was leaning on Vic to get over Carl's death. And then, uh, you know, Vic dies in, uh, when was it? Like, uh, fuck, I think he died right around Carl's birthday, to be honest with you, somewhere in early April. My wife's a little worried because I still haven't mourned Vic's death because I just refuse to. I'm like, I can't, do, I can't do this again. You know what I mean? So I've been distracted. I'm out here at a at a beach house, pretty much in isolation, like everybody else for the most part. And uh, I've been pushing it down, man, because I'm like, I I, I I cannot believe that I'm going back to New York and Vic Henley's not going to be there because we were getting through uh, Carl's death together, you know? Nah. And then people make fun of that. Like... There's just terrible people out there. I'm not. I, no, I, I was. I was not. A, I was not a saint, and I certainly took my my shots on the radio because that's what people will fucking focus on. But there's some really miserable, mean, fucking, hateful people out there where they celebrate. Yeah, they celebrate the fact that I lost. No joke, dude. My two best friends. You know, I got. I got friends. Uh, I got. I got lifelong friends. Um, but. Vic and Carl were my two best friends because they were in my life every fucking day. You know, me and, yeah. me and Carl podcasted as much as we could. And when we weren't podcasting, we were on the phone with each other all fucking day long. And the same with Vic Henley. They literally were my number one and my number two. And they're both gone. And then people, you know, celebrate that fact because they want to make sure that it really fucking hurts. Don't worry. It fucking hurts. There, I have really tough days over this shit. No, I know. I mean, I lost a friend like 20 years ago or 15 years ago, and it was one of my closest, closest friends. She's a godmother of one of my kids. She died at 30. She, of what? Uh, of, of knowing you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, she had... Uh, Sorry. You know, she, was, she was an overweight, overweight woman. You know, she had one of those, like, the stomach... Things that you know that they you know they, the uh, staples, yeah. And then she lost a bunch of weight, so she went to uh, a doctor to get her skin cut off. Yeah. Then she started taking pills, and then oh, mixing the painkillers with Tylenol, and that was the you know, and that was the end. But right, I understand. Like losing a friend is awful. Yeah. You know, it's not very easy to come back. You know, no, you know, and get over. No. I don't think you ever get over it. No, God, no. I mean, I'm starting to kind of, you know, remember, um, you know, Carl. And like I said, Vic, I I, I haven't even really uh, focused on that yet. So I could only talk for the Carl thing that we're, you know, I'm starting to kind of remember him fondly and uh, laugh and stuff. What's weird is like I got so much audio of those guys. And from time to time, I put up uh, kind of um, – episodes that feature them from the old radio show you know i call it the love you miss you series on the op radio podcast but my wife knows if i'm gonna edit those things i'm gonna i'm gonna be in a bad place all day because i'm like fuck because i gotta hear their voices but 
lately I've been starting to, you know, kind of smile and, and laugh along at uh, some of the material that I'm editing. And it's really strange because listening to them on the radio, because you, you get crystal clear audio, sometimes it just feels like they're still here because I got all that material, you know? You know, who's your co-host now? Is it is it Bubba? <laughs> no, it's not Bubba. Someone tweeted me that. You don't you don't listen to my podcast. That's hilarious. It's just honestly at this point honestly it's just uh I don't listen to any podcast. No, no, I just I, I, I just busting your ball, stuttering John. Basically because I'm I'm out here and I, I really am taking the coronavirus seriously and I'm uh, uh we're not moving back to New York anytime soon and summer's over and I literally live on the ocean. It's a little strange out here because everybody else is pretty much gone. So I have uh, leaned on uh, my Facebook Live with, you know, a, a fan base. And I just turn on the Facebook Live every morning and I get really good material by just hanging out with these people. And yeah. and I record it with a professional mic, even though I'm on Facebook Live through my phone. And, um, you know, I'm cutting up episodes for the OP Radio podcast. And then from time to time, I uh, I put guests on. And I did have Bubba the Love Sponge on and he loves doing radio with me and we had great chemistry and uh uh those episodes people seem to really really like and he's obsessed he's like oh we gotta do a radio show together i'm gonna ask howard's permission and i'm like don't you fucking ask permission for me because i ain't asking permission uh from nobody he goes no but i feel like you know because we're still uh, we're still cool i'm gonna ask him permission so we could do a radio show together and then you're gonna go to scott greenstein at sirius xm and get this done because I, i'm still uh, you know friendly with scott greenstein i'm like you're fucking nuts so then i call up bubba a couple weeks after this all went down and i go so i'm gonna go with howard he goes oh i'm not gonna lie to you i'm too scared to email him well <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's been doing this a long time like myself, and we just had uh, a lot of the same experience, and um, we we told a lot of great radio stories, and um, famously, there was a time that Bubba said, next time he sees me at SiriusXM, he's going to beat the shit out of me, and I admitted to him that I would always peek out the window, like I could see the hallways, and I... Every once in a while when I knew he was in New York, I would get paranoid that I'm going to see that that big fat fuck, you know, coming my way. And I mean that lovingly now that uh, me and Bubba get along. And I, I, I would be so scared because I'm like, I, in general, I'm not scared of people. But when you're that big and someone could put you in a bear hug, I'm like, that that's my worst fear. I can't fight my way out of a goddamn uh, bear hug. So now you, I'm sure you heard the news, and I don't, I don't know anything. But I mean, Anthony's moving to somewhere, and he's selling his house. Have you heard this? Uh, just from people that uh, have told me online, yeah. Why do you think he's doing that? Is it for a tax write-off, like Joe Rogan? I, I mean, over the years, when I sort of knew uh, what Anthony was about, I, I you know, I, I think he was pretty much sick of New York and its and the taxes and whatnot. So I, I have no idea. Uh, maybe maybe he's looking for a little change. I have no, John. When I tell you, I don't know much about the guy. <laughs> I truly don't. And and that was for many 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 years because people try to ask me all sorts of questions about him. I don't know shit about anything that he does. Do you still talk to Keith Maresca? Um, not really. I mean, he really was trying to get me to go over there. Um, I guess that pissed off Anthony too because they were offering me fifty fifty percent of the the company. I like Keith. Like it seems like he's such a nice guy. You know. I know he's he ran. Not there anymore. I know he ran Anthony's. Uh, <laughs> ah, whatever. And no, he, fa- he he famously he famously at one of our meetings when he was trying to get me on board basically said that he 
understands a lot more what I went through. Let's just put it that way. He understands a lot more what? That I went through over the years. Oh, yeah, because wow. well, because I had a you know I, I had a lot of the I had to do a lot of the stuff for the radio show that simply wasn't fucking fun, and and I I uh, confronted Anthony about that very early on. He's like, oh, you're the radio guy and you like doing that stuff, like firing guys, like like going to the bosses and and having uh, lunch meetings and stuff. There was a time I guess I I liked it, but. Uh, there were way more years where I, you know, pretty much hated that. And it was on me to do a lot of that horseshit behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And I've heard you say on your show that you do take ownership of there were times that you were, you know, like, like, you know, you didn't handle things the way or you would get mad and you shouldn't have. Or, like, I, you know, I forget, but you did own up to some of the things I, that you would be accused of. I was incredibly angry, incredibly frustrated. Uh, I was, I was on a show that I, was trapped on. Oh, trapped you. But I, you know, you're scared to to let go of the fame and the money and all that. Like I said earlier, when you're controlled by ego and money. But um, I would sit in that studio and I, I would literally stop breathing, like just crazy shit. I would hold my breath. I was like, I this is this is not healthy, you know. So I was a very angry. I absolutely was a very angry, bitter guy. I was frustrated. There were times I knew I had a good line or something on the radio show, and those guys got to a point they really didn't want to give me anything, and I'm just like, come on, you motherfuckers. I'm not, I'm not sitting here thinking that everything I say is amazing and brilliant, but there were times I'm like, holy fuck, laugh, you fucks, you know? And it was, uh, it was just a, unfortunately, it was, a, it was a, more of a miserable uh, experience than not. And we got to see so many fucking things, including the Jay Leno show that you uh, famously yeah, I mean, that, uh, that you famously booked us on. But even that, like we're in L.A., we're on Jay Leno, and as soon as it was over, we went our separate ways to celebrate. You know, everything was really all the time. Show? We never celebrate all this great stuff. I mean, very fucking rarely. I, I remember. Well, I, I remember after we uh, did David Letterman. Uh, we all went to dinner uh, together in the West Village, I believe, and me and Anthony had a really good laugh because um, our uh, our boss at the time, Eric Logan, you know, stiffed Bob with the the wine bill, and because we were on Letterman, we were ordering stupid bottles. I think I think the bottles were like a thousand dollars, no joke, a piece. And at the end, Eric Logan famously gave the bill to Bob. And I could see Bob was almost having a heart attack that he had to pay for this because he, he wasn't a fan of paying for things like that. <laughs> and I remember looking at Anthony like this is, you know, we, we, we laughed over that one. That's for sure. There were times we we would go back to the real, real old days and be on the same page and kind of laugh and, and enjoy some of the stuff. But sadly, uh, it was few and far between. I was friendly with Howard until the day I left. I mean, you know, it like. Like, you know, we used to have dinner all the time. How is that? that? How is that? What kind of guy is he when he's not behind that microphone? It's funny because people over the years, because we had the same salespeople and the same bosses and this and that. And the funny thing is so many more people than not said, it's so weird that you guys don't get along because you guys actually would probably like each other. You would. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So what kind of guy is he when, when uh, the mics are off? I would assume he's pretty quiet. No, no, he's just like a normal dude, believe it or not. Like, you know, you just hang out. I like, mean, quiet as far as he's not like... Oh, no, he's not an asshole. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
you know, people would always ask me, you know, is Howard a good guy off the air? I go, he's a great guy off the air. And they go, oh, so uh, on the air is all an act? I go, no, off the air is all an act. Well, I, I mean, I, I can relate to that. It was a hyper version of uh, my personality when the mics were on. And my dad told me, he, he sat me down and he was a huge fan of uh, my show. Uh, he's no longer with us. He died in a car accident in 2004. But he, he would sit me down and go, Greg, I love your show. You know, he understood the whole shock jock world, which we were living in. He's like, but why aren't you allowing uh, more of your, you know, basic regular personality on the radio? And I'm like, ah, dad, no one wants to hear that shit. They want to hear me talking about tits and ass and, you know, and outrageous stuff. And I only learned that lesson after his passing. Like, oh, wait, yeah, maybe I should be a little more vulnerable and open up about uh, other shit and not just everything has to be shocking and in your fucking face. Um, so with that said, I, I, I would say on the air is just an exaggerated version of your actual personality and it's, and, and you choose which parts of your personality you're allowing out there. Um, yeah, yeah. but hanging out with Howard, I mean, we had great times. I mean, yeah. we'd go out drinking, you know, I would work out with them. I would jog with them. I mean, it was just like hanging out with any, like any friend that you would have. Let me say this for you. Um, and I truly wasn't a uh, a big um, Howard Stern uh, listener, although he th- he likes to think everyone that does this, you know, copied off him. But yeah, I just I, I just wasn't. I I understand how talented he is, and I I said recently on one of my live streams that I heard him for first the first time in over ten years, and I listened for like two straight hours. I had a long ride into the city to to do some things and get bills and check out the apartment. And he's still doing it. He's still entertaining. I felt like the show sounded a little outdated, but it still sounded uh, very entertaining, and I got some laughs out of it. He told some stories. I, I purposely sat sat in and listened for two straight hours, and I, uh, honestly, I haven't done that in, uh, in 10 years. But with that said, I say this. Fuck Howard Stern. Because when you had a great opportunity to go to The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, he got pissed off at you. He wanted you to be in that weak position where you're not making fucking uh, much money and you you know the opportunity is that you should just be in love with the fact that you're on the Howard Stern show and you had a great opportunity to go to you know LA and be uh, the announcer for the Tonight Show and instead of him stepping up and under either stepping up or understanding he d- basically decides that you're dead to him and that's that's just fucked up because you because you had an opportunity career-wise and also uh, financially and he wasn't going to match what they were giving you. I know, I know the whole story. And the reason I do say this, uh, I'll bring it all around. When, when I did listen to Howard Stern, I mean, people don't understand, I don't know, uh, truly, what you meant to that fucking radio show in its heyday. Holy shit, the stuff you were doing for him. And that's no, why I, I say, know you know, it's like, it's all good. You guys hung out and you jogged and you went to dinner and stuff. But when push came to shove where the guy, it was time for him to step up for you. It, there was it was no skin off his back to give you a giant raise and keep you, you know, on his show. He basically says, "Go fuck yourself." And it's like, well, what are you supposed to do at that point? I know, and especially after I tried telling him that I have an offer from the Tonight Show, right? And and I told Robin, she said, "Go through Howard's assistant," and then I, I did, and then Howard twice. Because I did it twice. Yeah. On the air, said I don't give a fuck about you. I don't care about your career. Yeah. So don't bother me. So then, like you know, at that point, Opie, fuck. I mean, then fuck it. If you don't care about me, right. then I'm fucking out of here. Right. I understand that. The one thing I could say 
is I always, for the most part, uh, stuck up for my guys as much as I could because I knew I was in a, a, a damn good position making really fucking good money for myself. And any chance I got to step up for somebody that worked for me, I did. And uh, if they want to tell a different story, they could go fuck themselves because they know what I did for them. Yeah. And here's the weird thing. I was on the way to do Colin Quinn's Tough Crowd. Right. And it was the last day. I, I had just done my last day on Stern. And I called Howard on the way, like, you know, in the town car. And I said, hey, I, you know, I heard you were mad at me. Are you mad at me? And it was the only time ever he showed any remorse. And he goes, you know, John, I'm not mad at you, but I should have I should have put you in the Jackie chair. And, you know, I should have you know, had you in the studio full time. And he actually was feeling bad about his decision. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, and 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 oh, I've never heard him that way. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, a couple things on that. Uh, if we're getting some stuff out tonight, and I need another goddamn beer, I don't know how much longer you want to go. But uh, first of all, yeah, I'm not going too much longer. It's okay. First of all, uh, I don't really have an issue with him, but fuck Colin Quinn because he never put us up, put us on tough crowd. So fuck that guy. <laughs> he could have easily found a spot for me and Anthony back in the day. So let me get that out. And can I tell one of my favorite Howard stories from back in the sure. day? I haven't told this one in a while. So what was he doing? Son of a Beach? Remember that TV show? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're at NEW, and we're just crushing it. And we're under Howard's skin. And Mel's, Mel was always up our ass. And management at NEW, up our ass. Leave Howard the fuck alone. And we just couldn't help ourselves, you know, because we knew it, how much it bothered him. And he was supposed to take all this shit, right? You know he could he could uh, he could uh, go after everybody else, but when anyone went after him in a real way, he couldn't oh, fucking handle yeah. it. And he would go behind the scenes and do some really shitty stuff. Trust me, I yep. could get into that on another episode of the Stuttering John podcast. But so he was doing a Stuttering John podcast. So he was doing a a, a press uh, a press junket or whatever for Son of a Beach, the Plaza. So he was doing the press conference in, at the Plaza. And I look at Anthony. This was, you know, I, I, I would like to end with something where me and Anthony was on this, were on the same page because it did happen from time to time. So I'm like, Ant, let's go to the fucking press conference. You know, we didn't have to, we didn't have to start until three in the afternoon, and we both drove in together. And because he, I, I had a shitty girlfriend and he was in a shitty marriage. So we're like, fuck, let's just go to the city at nine after rush hour and just hang out in the city until we have to go on the air. So we were always in the city really early. And he's doing the press conference around 12 or 1 right after his, his show. So I go, wait, come on, let's go, you know. And a whole bunch of us went to his press conference. And they're all set up. Oh, I, I got guys on my radio show in the front row, right? I, I swear to you we weren't going to do anything, but they were definitely in the front row. Me and Anthony like, you know what? And we were we were pretty known at this point, but not visually for the most part, you know, not like today. It, it was we didn't do a lot of TV. So we're in the back and we're enjoying a sandwich and we're just hanging out and we're like, God, why the fuck isn't this press conference starting, you know? <laughs> and and Howard's really late. And then all of a sudden, like, one of the guys turns around and goes, oh, my God, I'm a big fan of you guys. I can't believe you're here, you know? And one of the one of the K-Rock people come up to me like, why the fuck are you guys here? I'm like, well, we just want to check out the press conference, which is the truth, by the way. We weren't going to do shit. We just really, truly yeah. wanted to check it out. And all of a sudden, 
They're like, you ain't going to do anything, are you? I'm like, God, no. You know, and we're just eating our sandwiches. We're in the back. And they they go off. And I now start seeing everyone kind of looking at us, like the suits. And they're staring. They're kind of pointing. And they're whispering and stuff. Next thing you know, we get dragged out of there. A sweaty Jeremy Coleman comes running in. And he's like, why the fuck are you guys here? Come with me. Like like he's our father. And he pulls us out of the part, uh, out of the plaza right before this press conference was supposed to start. Long story short, Howard refused to go to the plaza because he got word that me and Anthony were there. True fucking story. We walk out of the plaza and his giant goddamn limo with Ronnie, the limo driver, in the front seat is sitting there waiting to, to see us leave the plaza so he could go in and start his press conference. Turns out Ken Stevens, gotta love this guy, he was the GM at the time. Howard, because Ken admitted all this to me after the fact, Howard was calling Ken Stevens from the limo outside the plaza, screaming bloody murder. This was supposed to be a nice day for Howard. Screaming bloody murder. Get those fucking guys out of the plaza so I could do my press conference. That is a true story. And and then we we were pretty much legendary for that. And, you know, we 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 the, the funny thing is, I, I do have to say for the record, we truly at that moment weren't going to do anything. We were just curious to check it out. And maybe, who knows, meet the guy and go, ah, oh, you know, hey, we're just assholes on the radio, but here we are. Here's the real us, you know. But they're, to this day, they're convinced that we went there just to cause trouble, like you used to do there, Stuttering John, at press yeah, conferences. Yeah. Well, listen, man, it has been awesome. I hope uh, so. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and thank you so much for doing the show, man. Yeah, I right mean, on. And, uh, you know, next time I'm in New York, I'll certainly do yours. Are you there? Yeah, I am. Oh, then I won't do yours. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just fucking with you, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna be out there probably for Christmas. All right. Yeah, I would. I would love to have you on the podcast. I, uh, God, man, like. I have a lot of the, the the Stern guys on. Not a lot. I've had you on over the years. Jackie the Joke Man, Bubba the Love Sponge. Um, Jackie, I, I just had him on the podcast recently, and we were talking about his uh, his pot harvest. You know, he dro- he uh, he grows marijuana in his uh, his attic, and he was yeah. showing me all the pictures because he was harvesting it. Because we uh, we be- we become friends, which is strange to me as well. And uh, we podcast, and he goes, give me your address. You know, I'm like, Jesus, dude, you know. So long story short there as well, he he mails me enough pot where I think I could be a dealer right now. And I call him like, Jackie, what the fuck's wrong with you? You, you give me a couple joints. He calls his harvest something like uh, Gorilla Glue. And he's like, oh, you got to try this. And now I can't. He won't leave me alone. He, he texts me all the time asking if I've tried his Gorilla Glue. But he sent me this giant package. And, and and he wrapped it up as best he could, but the thing was reeking. And I know, like, we're more lax on the on the, the pot uh, these days in New York, and they just legalized it in Jersey. But I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? I got, I got a young family. I can't do this shit. I can't be accepting giant packages of marijuana in the mail from you. <laughs> well, listen, man, it's been great having you. And uh, and I'm going to check the I'll- numbers to see if my numbers go up after this, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. It's been a great time. All right on, brother. Uh, be well, all right? Stay safe and healthy, pal. All right, man. Thanks, Stuttering uh, John. Uh, the great Greg Hughes on the show today on the Beer on the Balcony. I hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, that's it.
you know, I'm going to go to the pub, collect some of my winnings from my uh, beer bets, and then probably make some pasta and already have some grilled chicken made. This is so, a terrible uh, ending. I want to say thanks for all the super chats. I want to thank everybody for watching the show. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is Shutter and John. Again, thanking Greg Hughes uh, for coming on the show. He was a great guest. Yep. And I, sure uh, was. I don't think he could you hear know, me. He's very candid. Yeah. Very honest. Yep. And I enjoyed it. And he was very funny. Oh, thank and you. He made me laugh a bunch of times. Thank you, so, buddy. Uh, Stuttering John saying, Kiki, yeah. Boo, 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 boo.